Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio Ah, uh, yeah, pre-roll time. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions and the Inked Marketing Solutions crowd-funded comic for this here episode belongs to a buddy of mine. Oh, the Smiths, the Nefarious Smiths, Trouble in Tijuana, Tijuana. Oh, yeah, it's currently live on Kickstarter. Stay tuned for a uh, Creator Corner episode where, where Doug comes back. Yeah, Doug was one of the very first guests, like top five, maybe top three, first three guests ever on this podcast. And, uh, yeah, he's back. He's back. He's back on Kickstarter. The Nefarious Smiths, it is the ultimate group. Uh, it, it's like the Fantastic Four if they were Canadian and supervillains. Hmm. <laughs> so they're like really nice, polite supervillains trying to take over the world. Uh, I don't know. That's that's they're not nice and polite at all. They kick ass though, man. They got you rooting for the bad guy. The Nefarious Smith is my shit. It has been for a couple of years now. The book's done. It's beautiful. It's it's pretty as hell. So back the book now on Kickstarter. Search the Nefarious Smiths, and that's Smiths with a Y. S M Y T H E S. Mm-hmm. Brought to you proudly by Inked Marketing Solutions. The best place for uh, independent crowdfunded support. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 307. Ah, uh, yeah, the 307th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner. And the creator that I cornered on this episode is George McHale. Oh, yeah. If you don't know George McHale, you will know George McHale. He's about to blow up the absolute comic scene. Oh, man. Um, this, this guy, I tell you what. It, it, it's hard for me to try to... Or, it's not very often I have to try to match somebody's energy when I do these episodes. And the entire time, the, the guy had me on my toes. George is just... He's so much fun to talk to. He really loves what he's doing. And he's generally excited about his comic, Resilient. And it's getting ready to break into the absolute comics shared universe and... I'm I'm excited for him. So, um, I'm 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 not gonna chatter anymore. I'm gonna let him tell you all about this book. We talk so much about um, his his career and everything else, as as we do in these creator corners. So, uh, without further ado, I bring to you the amazing uh, George McHale. All 
All right, George McHale. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm I'm glad you reached out. Um, uh, you, you said that uh, Frank Gogol uh, passed uh, passed the show's name along. Uh, that's yeah. that's how you found out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Frank's a Frank's a good dude. Um, I've I had him on my uh, on my show, and uh, yeah, I met him at, through the convention circuit through SourcePoint Press. Yeah, he's definitely a good dude. He's been on the show. I don't know, at least a couple times. At least a couple times doing dead end kids and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I just just goes to show how awesome this community is even even when you're getting podcasts and stuff involved you know comic book the, the comic book community is amazing but yeah uh yeah, we're, we're you, so helpful and like uh collaborative and i i've i've had just a, a a great time kind of working in comics these last few years and just kind of making friends and it, it's so cool like hopefully when conventions come back you, you run into all these people and see them again and it's just it's just kind of like good times yeah, I know. I'm excited. Um, I mean, it, it seems like conventions are going to start, you know, slipping back in here within the next, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe not through summer, but, you know, uh, all winter, maybe. I don't know. Um, but when that happens, you know, just the the entire time, I mean, since we started the, well, the, the, the podcast, it didn't really start doing bigger things until COVID. So I haven't had the chance to like shake a lot of hands and stuff since uh, since all of this. I'm looking forward to this stuff or conventions all the same, even as a as a podcaster and media member to meet all the people that have been cool enough to carve out the time and come on the show and all that good stuff. So, yeah, man. Uh, but you you're you're a man on a mission right now, George. You got a book to promote. You have a, you have a Kickstarter coming out soon. Um, Resilient. Uh, you're you're in previews here soon, but before we get into the the projects, man, I gotta know about my creators. I gotta know about the people that make the things I love. Everybody has a sweet origin story, and I gotta know just a little bit about yours, at least a little bit. Um, so I mean, I, I I know this is a an audio podcast, but if if you know the, the listeners had the opportunity to view what I'm viewing right now, you're, you're, you're a man that's very much into this, this culture, you know, just based off of the, the background that I'm seeing here, you're, you're somebody that loves pop culture and comics and all of that good stuff. So how long has this been a part of your life? Are you a late bloomer or tell us? Well, I've always loved comic books uh, ever since I was a little kid, man. Uh, I love, I grew up in the nineties. So like, you know, Batman, the animated series, the X-Men cartoon, just obsessed with those. Um, I had a copy of uh, uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way by mm-hmm. John Buscema, and I just, like wore that book out, dude, just practicing at the kitchen table, drawing every day. I also love G.I. Joe. I, I don't talk about G.I. Joe. I, I had like 100 action figures and, yeah. and the base. Cobra, I would like kind of fold up a blanket, <laughs> and they would have like Mount Cobra. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just like totally like obsessed with like, all of this kind of like comic book goodness, uh, um, buying comics every week uh, at my, my local shops and you know, the Marvel trading cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Those two. And, do you still uh, have all your Marvel trading cards or did you dump them off with the, uh, with the big bubble that just happened? Like 80% of everybody else that had to blow the dust off for their old binders? Uh, I, I still have them. Yeah. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Hang on to That's those. awesome. Um, but uh, as I got into like my teenage years, uh, I kind of fell away from it a little bit. I got distracted with girls, not, not mm-hmm. that I really had any <laughs> girlfriends or anything like that, but I was distracted by it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and I just didn't really know how to pursue comics as like a career. It's not like a place where you send in a resume or, you know, apply really. Um, so yeah, I just... no, your art teacher's not teaching you how to get into comics. I mean, your your you know arts and language. I mean, your writing teachers aren't teaching you how to write comics. I mean, it's such a such a weird thing that people fall into because there's unless you know you're you're reading how to draw comics the marvel way there's not really a handbook or a textbook or any real surefire way to to, to get into this unless you're just kind of you fall into the culture and just start watching your peers you know that's seems to be the best way to do it yeah um, and i had a bit of a fear of kind of like putting myself out there of yeah rejection. i think a lot of people kind of struggle with that um and so I just kind of denied that um, part of myself, but I always kind of felt like there was something missing, you know, like I, I wanted to be a creative person. I wanted to pursue these interests, but I didn't know how to go about it. And I just, just, yeah, I denied myself that until I was like 35. And then I was just like, am I really just like going to like, you know, be afraid my whole life. And like, oh, man, you know, see, this is, these are the stories I love. Uh, you know, it's one thing, you know, ah, when I was 18 years old, I've, you know, I've, I've, I found it and it just worked out. But to hear, you know, someone that's uh, 35 years old realize, all right, this is what the hell I want to do with my life. Cause that's something I relate to, man. Like I was, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I thought I knew what I was doing, but all of a sudden I was like, man, the comics. So this is, this is what I want. And it just came so late. So these are the stories that I love for all the people out there going, well, it's too late. It's too late. I fuck that. I, I don't believe that. I don't buy it for a second. So oh, I'm so excited to hear your story even more now, George. Uh, I put you on, I put you on this giant pedestal. The spotlight's beaming down on you now, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, uh, I figured like, I, I'm just going to go for it. And like, I didn't, I didn't really know how to go about it. I had seen like, you know, in the back of graphic novels, they have uh, uh, sometimes they'll have like little script excerpts. Uh -huh. And so I knew what a, a comic book script uh, looked like. You know, Quentin Tarantino says like, if you really love movies, you know how to make a good movie, like just mm -hmm. instinctively. And I felt like I just really loved comic books and I knew how to make a good comic book. And, and I watched, you know, a shit ton of YouTube videos on writing structure. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I bought a few books, uh, words by Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Alan Moore's comic book, uh, how to write comics and things. And so I, I read a few books and I, and I just put my time in and I spent like six months writing my first, uh, my first comic. And I got, I got it to a point where I was really happy with it. I did a lot of revisions and then I sat down to draw it and I being away from the drawing table for like 20 years. There's no way to not be like riding a bike, artist. man. It is. And, not like riding uh, yeah, a bike. I gave it a go and I was like, no, I need like professional help on this. And so that's when I started like contacting artists and uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, three, four years ago. And uh, I've been kind of grinding it out on the convention scene. And well, at least in 2019, I hit like 18 conventions selling yeah. my books Awesome, uh, across the country um trying to get so, the words out on my stuff so how did you go about initially finding your artists because there's you know there's there's a hundred different methods of you know finding artists out there now social media seems to be the best way but um i i, I hear all types of crazy stories what, what, what's yours at least with your first artist uh, and what wait, was so, the what was your first title by the way because I, I see that you know resilient here isn't your first book by any means i mean you, you you've you put out some amazing looking titles here man um, um uh, impressive yeah, resilient is my first book released by a publisher so okay i'm like super excited about this um but my first title was called fire engine red uh it's like die hard in a forest fire 
It's about a female firefighter. She needs to rescue her boyfriend and take down the armed mercenaries. That's so bad. She's got a complicated relationship with her man. She's more at home in the uh, in a burning building than in the flames of romance. Uh huh. I can tell you, you've done that pitch a couple of times. Like you've even got the inner world type of type <laughs> yeah. of tone to you, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so went, yeah, yeah. Fire engine. I'm looking at the cover here, and when you say die hard in a in a forest fire, I mean that's that seems pretty metal to me, man. That, that's that's rad. That's rad yeah. as hell. Thanks, man. I, I love like '80s, '90s action movies of cheesy one-liners and you know lots of action and kung fu movies and things. So I, I just put a lot of that uh, into that book, and uh, I wanted to um, talk to an artist that. Uh, was local. I had heard okay. that like, you know, working with people online can sometimes be difficult, especially when it's a new relationship. And so I, 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 I live in a pretty small town here. Uh, and uh, there's uh, an artist, his name is John Delaney. And he worked on Adventures in the DC Universe, mm -hmm. um, Simpsons, Futurama, Scooby-Doo, like lots of yeah. titles like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I reached out to him and, and he read my script and he's like, yeah, this is great. Like, uh, I want to be a part of this. And, uh, and we've actually become like fast friends here. We, we actually share a studio together now. And cool. Yeah. Uh, and then he uh, helped uh, set up uh, uh, Ali Garza is the artist on Fire Engine Red. Uh, he's worked on like Deadpool and Teen Titans. He's insane. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that property will probably be coming out next year. Um, yeah, no been, it's, been, it's been a few years in development, but it's, I, I think, next year. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, through John Delaney, I was able to work with Ali Garza, and it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. He's, he's a fantastic talent. That, that, that's incredible, man. So, how did you go about getting this book out there at first? I mean, did you did you kickstart it, or as you said, um, Resilience your first published book? So, yeah, I mean, talk about you know getting getting your first book out. There. I mean, you have these names attached to it. You, I mean, you you you've worked with great people to help you guide the way. So, your confidence has got to be up there now at this point. It's uh, oh no 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 not <laughs> yet myself, dude what are you talking about <laughs> um, no um yeah um uh, let's see I've I've kickstarted books before um that's a grind I don't know like I kind of thought oh, I'm gonna throw it up there and it's gonna you know do tens of thousands of dollars and uh, I'll make back all my investment and then some and it'll be going great. Yeah, everybody looks to Brian Polito when it comes to Kickstarter. Like, yeah, no, I'd be, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a million bucks in three minutes. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he set this this unrealistic standard for so many up and coming Kickstarters, unfortunately. But when you, I mean, you set realistic standards. Kickstarter really can be an amazing, amazing outlet to to get your I stuff out there. I think the thing is, you need to grow your audience, right? Like Brian exactly. Polito, exactly. You know, that's for like 30 plus years. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's got a rabid fan base that want to pick up his things. When you're putting out your first book, if you don't have like an established audience, it's. Or your, even friends close enough. Cause I mean, a lot of times your friends are like, well, what am I giving you 15 bucks, dude? <laughs> I mean, can't you just give me the thing? I was right there. I mean, I was there making. I mean, people don't realize the grind, you know, they're like, oh, you could have a million friends, but that doesn't mean they're going to be super supportive. A lot of them just expect the shit for free at this point, you know? Yeah, so no, you tough. have to kind of explain to them, like, no, this is like a big investment for me and I'd really appreciate your support. But then it's not just enough to like throw it up on like Facebook and be like, hey, guys, back my book. I found for my first Kickstarter, I had to like message every single person individually 
And it's like, it's embarrassing. You're like, all right, Aunt Martha, I know you don't usually buy comic books, but I'd really appreciate it if you like, if you back mine or, and then contacting people from like high school that you haven't seen in like forever. And you're like, <laughs> hey man, you like, remember when I made that mixtape for you? Like, can you buy my book? Like, please, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it, it, the, the Kickstarter thing is tough. Um, but you know, that's part of like, I have a, I have a YouTube channel now it's called inside comics. And, and part of the reason why I do that is, um, to kind of put content out there for free, you know, that uh, people enjoy so that when, and to kind of build a little audience for myself so that when it is time for me to launch, you know, Kickstarter in the future, then people know me and they're like, Hey, I watch George all the time. Yeah. I want to back his book. Same mm-hmm. thing with like Instagram posts and Facebook posts. You you just you're putting little. You're branding yourself. I mean, you, 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 you yeah, and it, 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 it's tough. But to me, it's the most cringeworthy part of seeking acknowledgement for your art is having to brand yourself like that. You, you, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I I, I hate it, but it, it, it's it, it's it's a hundred percent necessary. You know, I mean, that's it's there's really no way around it unless you're just lucky, a hundred percent lucky, not kind of lucky, a hundred percent lucky. And I don't, I don't know many of those people at all, if anybody. So, ah, yeah, yeah, I think, man. Yeah, I, like, it's not enough to just, you know, make your books, you actually have to go out there and sell them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, that's it's all part of the salesmanship. When I do a convention, I uh, will pretty much stand like, you know, for three days straight. Cause I like to look at people like in the eye when they, mm-hmm. when they, when they come up to my table and, and just be able to kind of communicate like my passion and my energy about my projects. And uh, you know, uh, it, it works pretty well, but it's, it's exhausting, you know, like, especially you're meeting so many people and then I usually drink a lot on the weekend too. So it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough, but I, I absolutely love it. And so I think that's one thing I'm really lucky about is I do love, writing and creating and and communicating with artists but i also do love the selling aspect of it, it yeah. it's a lot of fun for me so right on right on man well let's uh let, let's talk about the thing a little bit let's talk about resilient you know you got a you got a kickstarter launch in here real soon um uh, but you're you're already in preview so once again this is this is you marketing before the book's even out you know you don't need to do a kickstarter but it it's it ain't gonna hurt you know, it's, it's not going to hurt. So, yeah. I mean, uh, t- t- talk about this a little bit. I mean, well, no, t- tell us about Resilient first, man. Give us the pitch on the book because, I mean, you could do it a lot better than I can. I just got done. I, I'm privileged enough to be able to read the copy ahead of time. The book's done. It's good. I'm going to shut my mouth and not spoil anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, now you, from the man himself, let, let's hear all about this, dude. Sure. Um, I, I don't have my pitch polished like my Fire Engine Red pitch, but um, so basically it's about a woman. Uh, she's a judo teacher and uh, she's having a, a hard time with, with her relationship with her husband. Um, they're trying to get pregnant. It's not going well. Um, he's got like some kind of dark secrets from his military past. And uh, to try and make amends for it, they go to Cambodia on like a demining ex- uh, expedition to like remove the landmines from the from the ground there. And during that, uh, she loses her arms, yeah. and uh, and then she gets like these badass like pink mecha arms, uh, these robot arms, and uh, and kind of the the troubles from uh, her husband's military past kind of catch up with him, and uh, and she's put into a situation where she needs to go and rescue her man. So yeah, you got a judo teacher with katanas, robot arms, 
and uh, she's got to take down like the Mexican cartel. Um, so it's kind of a bit of a revenge uh, fantasy action movie as well, like kind of vibe. But going a little bit deeper than that, though, I did want to talk about with this series what it's like to have like a massive injury. Uh, I broke my back in mm. uh, 2014. Uh, I had heart surgery when I was 15. And yes. so I just kind of want to talk on those uh, topics a little bit. I wanted to talk about um, uh, trying to conceive a baby and having like a hard time doing that because my wife and I had some troubles with that too. So these were uh, topics that I wanted to, to touch on and, and to, to kind of really get you to care about these characters and give them some depth and some, some weight to them before the kind of crazy bananas action happens. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's uh, really, that's a lot of what the first issue is too. I mean, it, it starts with action and it ends in a, you know, holy shit type of way. I like how you, I don't, I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything here, but the way you tell the story in reverse, you know, I, I, I like the way you do that, man. And it, just, I noticed you brought up the name Tarantino earlier. So I, you know, I, I do I dare ask about inspirations after reading this, like the way the story kind of jumps back and forth and everything. I mean, I'd, I, I dig that. I really do dig that style of writing quite a bit. So thanks, man. Um, yeah, no, he's he's one of my favorites for sure. I love just you know kind of snappy dialogue like a Kevin Smith or or Kevin Williamson who wrote the screen movies. I love Brian Michael Bendis and the way mm -hmm. he kind of um, uh, decompresses the, the scenes and let them breathe a little bit. Um, you know, and I, I think it's really important to to have characters that people care about because, yeah, I could think of like a million, you know, crazy situations, but if there's no real connection, who cares, you know? Right. So, so that, that's what I was trying to do. Um, this project was uh, self-funded. Um, I found the artist, I did find this artist actually through uh, Instagram. His name is Vinzel Tabanis. I think he's just fantastic, fantastic talents. Yeah, um, he's worked mostly in video games. He's done like some covers for like Xenoscope, um, you know, like some of the cheesecake stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, I reached out to him, and and yeah, he was on board. He was he was on board with the script, and and he came on, and we, and we self funded the first issue, and it, and because it's all just kind of me kind of trying to get my dreams happening. I was really inspired by Kevin Smith's story, you know, like of how he like self-funded clerks and put like $20,000 yeah, on his credit card and then Sold just his like, comic book collection. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so like that, that was kind of my route too, was to just go and try and make these things happen. So I paid for the first issue and then I went to New York comic con, uh, which is a great place to go if you're looking to break into comics because that's where the decision makers are. You know, mm -hmm. like if you go to like a regular convention in your hometown, you might just meet like event staff for the, um, for the publisher. But if you go to New York city, you might be able to meet like a, a publisher or, or even an editor in chief who can give you a yes or no on it. And I showed it to absolute comics. Um, and, and they were, they thought this really fit in nicely with their shared universe. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, uh, this is my first book coming out through a publisher. It's kind of a, a lifelong dream of mine. Uh, April 28th, it's in Previews Magazine. And uh, you can go to your local comic book store and, and order it. And then from May 1st to May 10th, we're doing uh, a Kickstarter where you can get exclusive covers. Um, so there's, there's three covers through your store. Um, we even have like a cool lenticular cover, uh, which is oh, like man. really like kind of like 90s image kind of oh, yeah. you know, fun stuff. 
and then uh, and then we've got exclusive covers on on Kickstarter, including I've got one from Ed Bennis of like Justice League and Birds of Prey. Nice, yeah, I'm, nice, I'm, I'm dude. Liked with that one too. Uh, so I mean, uh, is it Absolute setting you up with this, or I mean, who, whose idea was it to say, you know, let's let's kickstart the exclusive covers? I mean, how how did that happen? Yeah, that's their that's their kind of marketing model. Okay. Uh, if you're not familiar with Absolute Comics, they do have a book called White Widow that mm-hmm. is one of the kind of highest selling like indie publisher books. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and they Huge have like a following. There's uh, uh, Resilience is partnered with I Make Boys Cry issue two, so there's they they do multiple no books during the same Kickstarter too. Oh, crazy! Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so man, I, I don't know if I've ever heard anything. So this is actually Absolute's Kickstarter, then is yeah. what it was. Wow, that's cool. So if people were to go on Kickstarter, what would they what would they search? Resilient or Absolute or uh, yeah, both? type in Resilience uh, okay. under comic books. It should come up. Awesome, man. That's so cool. I I, I could see the 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 joy in the expression of your face on how excited the, how exciting this is for you, man. I mean, I, I can tell that this really is an actual dream. You're not somebody that just came up and said, well, shucks, I think I want to make me one of them, their picture books. And, you know, just hell happened to fall into the right people. And now it's happening. And it's just another stepping stone. I could see that this is, um, I mean, I could see that it's also just the beginning for you too, man. Uh, Thanks, man. I, I, <laughs> this is, uh, I'm yeah, excited for you. Kind of barriers into, into, you know, getting into comic book stores. You need to have, other people that uh, that believe in your project as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've you've got to get into um, distribute uh, distribution through like you know, right, well, for, for the longest time it's been Previews Magazine through Diamond. Yeah, who and, knows now? I mean, that's all going to change here in you know a few months. I don't. I, I look forward to seeing the Penguin magazine that comes out you know i mean I, it's, it's gonna be awesome i, I don't know I, I don't know what to expect but it's all gonna be different i would imagine yeah things are changing um so i i needed to find a relationship with the publisher to to put my book up and uh yeah they they believe in the project and it, it fits into their shared universe so it's it's pretty fun for me did you ever think that when you when you created this that it would be fitting into another shared universe? I mean, was that ever even an option? Did it take? Did they have to talk you into it at all? Like, okay, you we'll we'll put we'll put you on the shelf, but or was it just like okay? I mean, I, t- t- how did that go? Um, well, honestly, I'm excited about the kind of the possibilities for it. It wasn't really designed to be part of a shared universe. It was kind of just designed to be its own standalone story, but. Um, as I start thinking about it and as the gears start turning, it's like, oh, it could inter- she could interact with this character or that character, or maybe these people actually, you know, so I'm like working in the backstory. So um, the first five issues are going to be fairly tightly contained um, mm-hmm. to uh, the introduction of this character in this, this world. But then after that, I'm looking at uh, branching out and uh, yeah, we'll see. I got to talk with the, uh, with the, my editor there and see how much they're going to let me play with in their playground and stuff like that. But I, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like a, a start of an ongoing, which I, I didn't design it to be an ongoing, but there's a lot of possibilities there. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. 
see that, that it's way better than to to start out with a mini series and it develop into an ongoing than to have this huge extravagant story played out and then it turns out five issues later like oh yeah no that's all it was supposed to be and then you just kind of slip into the shadows and put out another title i mean yeah no nah, it, it's so much cooler to to have it blow up like that and yeah. uh, if there was a shared universe to want to be involved in, I think White Widow is a pretty awesome one. I mean, there's not very many uh, indie universes out there that people, you know, I, I mean, that even exist at this point, let alone people would really want to be a part of. But with the, 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 the cult following that White Widow has, man, I see what people are willing to spend and what grandmas they're willing to step over to get these covers and stuff. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And absolutely. They, they, they put out, I mean, they have uh, a very, I, well, it sounds like an even more unique than I imagined um, a business model with this kickstarting thing. Um, I, I did not realize that that's what they did. I'm still just kind of learning what absolutes about, uh, but I can't help but not see their name. You know, even not seeking it out, they're they're everywhere. So um, that's good for you, man. You found the right the right uh the right table that day. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. Um, the editor in chief there, Benny Powell, he's been in the industry for over twenty five years. Um, yeah. He was an editor uh, in the X Men offices in like the nineties and stuff. And, oh, cool. Um, so yeah, he's he's been around and he he knows a lot. And he's definitely he's he's a he's been a great guy to work with so far you know like uh and you know we'll jump on a phone call and like two hours later it's like uh yeah. just yeah just kind of uh just teaching me the ropes and so yeah it's it's been great uh and then i was the the part of the connection came through like those i did 18 cons in 2019 and a bunch of times i got i was tabled next to uh jamie tyndall uh or uh, who's the artist on, on White Widow and uh, or um, his kind of co-writer and uh, assistant uh, Murphy there. Um, they're just great people. And, and so we hang out. And so when I went to New York, it's like, oh, you're Jamie's guy. It's like, well, yeah, Jamie did the introduction. So that was really nice. That, that's awesome, man. That's, that's so cool. Do you have anything else? I mean, uh, as far as, I mean, because you haven't just done Fire Engine Red and Resilient. You've, you've got some other stuff. Like I'm looking at this cover of Darkness, man. This, yeah, this looks so Cover insane, Darkness dude. is what I've been out there selling. Um, and that is like speaking to like the, the planning big, that's that's one thing you hear a lot is to like maybe not do that um, for your first series or first couple series <laughs> and to keep it small. I didn't go that way. <laughs> I, uh, we've got, uh, uh, we have this thing mapped out for 18 issues and uh, currently we're on like issue nine. So okay. it's it's kind of a behemoth. If anybody knows like just how much work it is to like make like one issue of an indie comic book, oh, man. taking on eighteen is is huge. Um, but the artist in the book is uh, M J Hiblin, and uh, he's he's great. Um, he's he's an artist from the U K, and he's got like two hundred fifty thousand followers on Instagram. He works really interestingly. He does everything digitally, and he does it with his finger on like his iPad. He doesn't no use way. a stylus. So it's all, it's like the world's best finger painting, basically. No way. Yeah. That's uh, so that book is like Game of Thrones meets the Universal Monsters. It's about a family in medieval Romania and they get separated from each other. Oh no, right? And <laughs> they kind of like all these terrible villains, vampires, Viking werewolves, steampunk, Atlantean Frankenstein. Yeah, it's, uh, it's totally bananas. And there's a, uh, uh, within the family, there's uh, two 
uh, twin shape-shifting boys that can turn into animals. So you get like werewolves fighting gorillas. Yeah, it's oh it's, man. The the, the 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 imagination and just vastness of what you're able to create here. Because I mean, bet- between Fire Engine Red and Resilient, and then you throw this in there. I mean, you're 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 not a one trick pony, dude. You, you you have all types of ideas. I mean, uh, you, where, where I mean, I hate to ask the question of where does it all come from, but what do you consume like as far as media goes to to you know just. I come up with this stuff, man, because you're all over the place. And I mean that in the best way possible. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I love, uh, you know, I love superhero comic books. Um, big time. Uh, I, I'm a big movie buff. I, like normally I go to the movie theaters like every week. Yeah. I just, I just love it. And uh, yeah, um, you know, so Fire Engine Red was kind of like a, uh, a love letter to my 80s and 90s action movies. Cover of Darkness is very much, um, you know, set in like the horror genre, but with a good mix of fantasy in there too. And then with Resilient, I, I you know, you kind of have like these, I think any sort of new creator can start to get like imposter syndrome. And it's like, well, what am I really adding to the medium? And so I really just wanted to do something that was a bit more original, that was a bit more tied to like my personal experiences. Mm-hmm. And so that's why... I worked in the injury stuff and the fertility things. And, and, but at the same time, like those aren't my favorite kind of stories is like, you know, people kind of overcoming an injury and like having like a slow drama about that. That's not my bag at all. So while that was a topic I wanted to talk about, I wanted it to be set in like a, in like an action movie kind of revenge thriller sort of genre. So kind of combine those two things together. And I think it worked pretty nicely. I, I'd have to agree. I mean, I, I, I've just read the first issue, but I, I think it does blend very well. It's, it's very hard hitting. I mean, immediately right off the bat with the resilient, I mean, you, you see action and blood and then, um, yeah, yeah, and then it goes right into the whole, you know, fer- fertility thing. And we get this, this heavy weight of, oh, okay, this character isn't just some badass program cyborg chick. You know, she's there, there. There's more to her than this. And I mean, you literally set it up to where, you know, this is let's see how we got to this point. And the way you do that, I don't know. I just I loved it, man. It was cool. I, I, I dug it quite a bit. I look forward to seeing where this this series goes and to know now that it's being broken out into an ongoing and it's going to be, you know, spawning into to other universes. I mean, when when, when you when you add things to a, a, a shared universe, it only makes opportunity for more things to be added to it i don't know i i, I and to me that's it's just more comics to read so it's it's perfect i mean you're you're, you're a catalyst in a, a a domino effect of amazingness that we're all going to be witnessing here very 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 soon um i'm i'm pumped for you man you said this uh it comes out june we'll be able to have the physical copy june yeah so uh order it into your store go into your store and tell them to bring in copies on like april 28th uh, and then June 30th, it'll be in stores. Awesome, yeah. man. We've got three covers, one by series artist Finzel Tabanis. Uh, we have a Ali Garza cover uh, where he's, she's like doing the, uh, you know, uh, we can do it kind of pose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the lenticular cover by uh, Swamp Thing and Southern Cross artist a- Andy Bellinger. Wow. Amazing, man. And I, I, all of these, all of these covers are totally worth checking. I mean, that's what Absolute does. They make sure that you, they don't just put out a bunch of covers for the sake of putting out covers. 
um, you know, not to just boost numbers. They want to make sure that every single cover that they put out is is worth hoarding and collecting. And all of these are, that's for damn sure. These, these are amazing, too. These are absolutely amazing covers. So, I mean, you, you, you're, you're firing all cylinders here. You, you have the collectability of the, the, the covers. Um, uh, one of the, the, the first issues, has anything, has Absolute ever crossed into anything yet? Or is this just something that they're working or they're, they're planning on doing? Um, yeah, they do crossovers mostly with their White Widow book. Um, they have uh, White Widow and I Make Boys Cry number one had a crossover. Right. And then they just did a, a Dark Kong one where she went to hell and she met okay. kind of a magic character. Um, yeah, but this is the first appearance of like a new character from that universe. And, uh, and it's never been published before too or printed before. That's one thing too. It's like, Sometimes you get like these indie books and, but they've already had a Kickstarter before they've already, you know, and it's not really their very first appearance. This is, this thing has never been printed before. Not even once, like not, I haven't even printed it like at the local print shop, like even one time. So this is like, you know, this is the first appearance of this character. I'm glad you bring that up because I, that, that I, find that to be something that's often overlooked with these Kickstarters, you know, people put out the Kickstarter and, you know, they, 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 they give it to the, you know, the 100, 200 backers that they, that, you know, that they got. And then later on, you know, maybe a year later, it gets picked up and they're saying, oh, no, this is the, 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 the first. No, no. What happened to the Kickstarter? I mean, you completely left all the people that were there in the beginning in the dust by, you know, just not acknowledging this, the, the, this print. So I'm really glad that you bring that up, man. Um, I, I think that's. Uh, I'm excited for my cover darkness book when it gets picked up. Uh, eventually we've had a few offers on it and, uh, so it, it will be in stores one day, but I've sold a few thousand copies of the of, of that book like on the convention circuit. So you oh, know, cool, man. It, it's a it's a little different than 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 a brand new number one appearance that's never been printed before anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I will say one thing: when this cover of Darkness hits, th- those few thousand copies that have been distributed before it actually hits shelves, those things are going to catch on fire, man. They're going to catch on fire. Make sure that you save a few for yourself to flip on eBay. because <laughs> You, you guys got to get paid too, man. It breaks my heart sometimes to see uh, the collectors out there reaping all the benefits of... Uh, sometimes the collectors make more money than the people that made the goddamn comic. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I was out there just hustling, man. That monster book we did shows all across uh, North America. Um, I did... I planned like I quit my day job and I got out there and got after it. And uh, I had some conventions were great, but then I planned this road trip for myself where I did like four shows in four weeks. And I went to like some smaller places like Madison, Wisconsin. I just didn't really know what to expect there. And you know, like, I'm a family man, right? I got a minivan. I packed it up and I, and I drove across the country there. Cause I'm on the West coast and I just wasn't making the dollars at some of these smaller shows and i was kind of forced with a choice either i'm going to spend all the money i make on hotels and food and go home with like nothing Mm. or and i decided to um just sleep in my minivan and like shower at truck stops and like really kind of grind it out for a month and yeah i i did come home with a few bucks but it was it was a it was a hard gig it felt kind of like rock and roll yeah, man. See, I, I like that you said that, too, because, I mean, I, I find comics to be very metal, man. The stuff that you guys have to put yourselves through, it's a grind. There's, I mean, it's, it, it, uh, 
And uh, you're not the first person I've heard to say, yeah, man, I, I did this whole trip and I slept in my van and I showered. I like, I, oh, dude, that's, but the, 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 when I hear these stories, there are also people that are incredibly successful now too, and they're doing amazing things. And I think that's what it takes, man. I think that the, I don't want to say the bigger the struggle, the bigger the success, but the more you're willing to put yourself through. Um, I, I think it, it just, it, it opens yourself up to so much more opportunity. And uh, I, I, I love that. I, I was a dirty comic book salesman for three weeks story, man. I, I love that. That's, uh, that, that's amazing. It's love, man. It's love. And uh, that's, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation right now. Cause it's one thing for Frank Gogol to be like, Hey man, this, this guy is cool. Check him out. But you know, I mean, I, I'm obviously going to take that recommendation when Frank Gogol says this, this guy's cool. But um, I mean, to to actually have you on now and talk to you, uh, well, almost face to face, about as face to face as we can really get. Um, this is, uh, I I see it in you, man. I do. I see this 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 passion. It's 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 almost literally radiating radiating from you. I, I the, the 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 amount of joy in every sentence when you talk about your 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 projects here. Um, I'm usually the one people are saying, oh, your, your enthusiasm is so contagious, but I'm feeding off of you right now, dude. I am. This is, uh, <laughs> I'm loving your work. Uh, this, this cover of darkness is going to blow the world away. What you're doing with absolute is it, it, it's changing the game. It's helping to change the game. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that you're uh, absolute. What a fucking publisher to be picked up by, man. You talk Thanks, about man. having a cult following. You're doing it, George. You're doing it, man. I'm happy for you, dude. Thank you, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, like I said, it's it's been a, a lifelong dream, and and you know, ever since I, I like that was such a big hurdle was just to like kind of decide that I was gonna go for it. Like that was like the biggest the biggest thing. Like yeah, it's 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 a grind and stuff, like that, but I love the grind. You know, yeah. uh, the biggest hurdle was just deciding that it was possible. Like seriously, and- man, and I, I I I can't relate to that enough, dude. Um, I mean, I. I'm not making comics, but I, I gave up a lot to to do something that a lot of people are like, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? <laughs> you, you used to have health insurance, man. <laughs> like, what happened to that? You know, but I, I, the, 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 the amount of joy, you know, after just holding my breath and stepping off that ledge, like you're, you're and I'm, I love hearing somebody else have that story. I do. It, it validates, I, maybe just because it validates mine a little bit more. I don't know. But um. I, 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 I have this, this burning passion for people that are willing to, to give everything up that's within the norm to step outside the box and do what they really fucking love. And ah, it, it, I'm telling you, man, it, 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 it's radiating from you. I love it. I think that like, I think it's possible for, for a lot of people. And I think like, I, I kind of compare it to like a home renovation. And that might sound kind of weird, but um, yeah, there's different levels of skill if you're looking to like renovate your house. But if you have an objective eye and you can like look at your own work and say, okay, yes, that's good enough or no, that needs to be worked upon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the most important part of, of trying to do something on your own like this is you might not necessarily know what you're doing, but teach yourself and yes. it might not be good the first time. So do it a second time or a third time. And just, you know, like a professional might be able to come in and do it in, you know, a day and it might take you a month, but you could 
get the same results as a professional, as an amateur, if you're objective and you work at it. And I, mm -hmm. I think, you know, comics is the same way. If, if you're objective and you can and really evaluate your own work, you can make a great product. And, and the more you do it, the better you'll get. So just keep at it. I think there's, those are great words, man. I mean, a very, very wise words that any, any aspiring creator out there should be uh, jotting down, no doubt. Um, man, George, this, is, this has been awesome. I, I've loved chatting with you. I, I, I can't wait. I, I've already read Resilient number one, but I, you bet your ass I'm going to have a physical copy. I mean, uh -huh. that, it's, it's going on the pull list. I'm putting it on the, as a matter of fact, uh, well, yeah, I'll be putting it in with my FOCs this week because why the hell not? I mean, never too early. Um, but uh, yeah, man, the Kickstarter uh, from the, you said from the 1st to the 10th of May? Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I'll make sure this episode's out in time for all of that so that my, my listeners could get a chance at exclusive absolute covers from a book that's going to take the world by storm, a creator that's going to take the world by storm. Um, um, you got big things coming to you, George. I'm... Uh, I'm glad that you carved out the time for this show. That's for damn sure. Get you in early before you're before you're too Hollywood for us all, man. <laughs> um, you got a YouTube channel. Plug that one more time. Oh yeah, Inside Comics. Um, so every week I talk with like, you know, from all sorts of different aspects of the industry. Uh, you know, writers, artists, uh, colorists, anchors. Um, you know, professionals who've worked on you know the biggest titles in comics to lots of indie guys. And it's their very first book. And we talk about just making comics in general and kind of how to do it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a how-to show. And then we talk about new projects every week. Cool, man. It's pretty fun. I love That's it. Awesome. Yeah, inside comics. That's awesome. And what about social media? You on any of the social media places, Instagram, all that good stuff? Yeah. Instagram uh, at comic book, George. Cool. Awesome. Right on, brother. Well, George, uh, it really has been my pleasure. I, I, I wish you the best, but I don't think you need my well wishes. I think you're already on your way, man. Um, I, I, I see big things, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to have you on here before you're too big for this show. <laughs> Thank you so much again, and um, uh, I have a feeling we'll be in touch. You've got an open mic here anytime here, brother. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, George. You stay safe out there, man. Cheers. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast, the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned, Learned from, from movies. movies. And tonight, 
tonight. Like every night, we bring you <laughs> questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you, as well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies and uh, is he talking about BJing, Woo! Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? <sniffs> Woo! My top! Well, there you have it, folks. Episode 307 in the books. Another creator has been cornered. Mm-hmm, George McHale. Oh, man, I'm pumped. I am pumped on Resilient. You know, and like I said, I even admitted it in the podcast. When we were talking, I was like, I never really had a whole lot of interest in Absolute. Maybe I didn't come out and directly say that, but after actually speaking with the creator um, from that line, you know, and getting more of an idea of what <laughs> what their titles are about, I'm pumped. Resilient will be the first absolute book I pick up. So it is now on pre-orders. And, you know, I don't... This is the Cheers to Comics podcast. If you've been listening to me for any amount of time, I don't have to tell you how important the pre-orders are. You know, that's just... It's a given on this show. So this will be another one of them. You know, you'll be hearing me talk all about it on the... uh, the, the Polis priorities when that day comes. And, yeah, but it's never too early. You know, I don't think it is, at least. I don't know. Um, so there you go, people. There you go. Remember, uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is now putting out consistent content. Oh, yeah, you should see the unboxing I just did. I lost my poop. I lost my poop all over the screen. It was nuts. Um, uh, so, yeah, like and subscribe to the, uh, the, the, the content on YouTube as well. And uh, keep leaving those five-star reviews. I appreciate some quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So head on over to Apple Podcast and leave five-star reviews. And uh, just know that those are the only kind I allow. And you'll see it right there. Very proud of that rating. Um, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Once again, it has been uh, a pleasure talking with George McHale. Go pick up The Resilient from Absolute Comics now in Diamonds Previews. Ah, remember... I command that you stay safe and read responsibly. I'll talk to you the next time there's things about comics to talk about. Cheers, fuckers. Ah, uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Good morning. Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, 
anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions. This podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone, so come laugh at uh, our pain together every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. Check out The Real Brains with Brian Wayne, and remember, stay sane.